Welcome to episode 109 of Enhancing the Human Experience. In this episode, I interviewed Suzanne Michelle. Now, I recently met Suzanne at a uh, group that I attend, and we ha- I had like an instant interest in what she was doing, and a lot of her story sounds a lot like my own story, and I can definitely relate to a lot of th- a lot of her journey and what she's been on. And I invited her to be a guest on the on the show, which she accepted. I was enthusiastic about that. I was super thrilled. And we talk about her work in this episode. Suzanne is a transformation and intuitive guide. And she's also doing some very interesting and I would say fascinating stuff with her business partner, Jess Maitree. They're creating a course called Rise Journeys. And we talk about that in the episode here. Suzanne shares what that course is how it can benefit people on their journey, and really some very fascinating stuff and some like deep level stuff. She talks about shadow work, which I had not really known much about, to be honest. And I learned so much in this episode, and I really want to thank her for sharing that because it sounds like there's a lot to a lot to that. And, the, and there are a lot of um, that modality, that type of work can help us to really have better experiences in all of our all of our life. And Suzanne talks about that, giving us more freedom of expression, allowing us to create more happiness and joy and really show up in the world in as a fully integrated person. So a lot in this episode with uh, Suzanne Michelle. So without further ado, let's get into the interview and hear what Suzanne has to say. Suzanne, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I am super thrilled to chat with you. It's great to be here, Mark. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, so when we when we met, it's been about a week and a half ago now, um, I felt we had a lot in common, and I felt that I was like, I want to know more about what you're doing in the world. Um, I know you've got a couple of, a new project you're working on and some exciting things in the works. So, but before we kind of dive into what you're doing, give us a little bit of a glimpse on your journey thus far. Like you can go into as much detail as you want, but give us a snapshot of what's brought you to this point in your life right now. Okay, great. Yeah. So boy, um, that is a big open it, it question. Can, yeah, you, <laughs> just give us a little glimpse of who who you are and how you've kind of you know. Uh, I think that's helpful for us to kind of get a sense yeah. of your, of your journey. I love to hear people's journeys. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I've always been a curious person. I've been really interested in humanity and how we tick. And from a very young age, I was always asking questions and just had an inquisitive mind. And I wanted to understand people and not just, you know, what people do, but what really uh, lights them up. And so I'd always ask adults, you know, as a little kid who who just would kind of go around and be like, well, what do you think about this? Or, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. So I was always, obviously, I mean, if you get what I'm saying here, I was always curious. And Mm -hmm. as I got older and, you know, I started looking at careers um, after high school, I did not know what I wanted to do. I -hmm. knew that I wanted to be around people. I knew I wanted to help serve um, kind of uh, foster that that nurturing spirit that was inside of me while also nurturing that inquisitive side. And so I had an opportunity at the age of 22 to work for a semiconductor company 
um, that makes the little microchips in all of our um, computer devices. Right. And um, they took the the company kind of took an interest in me in my basic level. So I, I started out as an operator. And so I was just, you know, on the ground floor and they took an interest in me and said, you know, you're smart, Suzanne, you need to go to college. So I had a great opportunity to get an electronics degree. And um, I worked my way up in this company and I became a, a senior equipment tech. tech. And wow. um, it was really awesome. But I was, you know, kind of a you know, this was back in 94, 95, 96, around that time frame. Mm -hmm. And so I was, you know, one of the only females in my engineering group at the time. And, you know, it was really interesting, but at the same time, I was like, what am I doing here? I felt like an imposter, um, you know, that imposter mm -hmm. syndrome sometimes yeah. you get, but yet I was doing it and I was very interested in the energetics. And that's what I really want to focus on right here is, I was really interested in how these machines worked. And I started seeing this translation of how the human body works. And I started getting interested in the human body, started learning about, uh, I went to school um, while I was there secretively learning massage <laughs> therapy and just, you know, cause I couldn't tell my coworkers that I'm going sure. to school for massage therapy. So long story short, 10 years later, I resigned from this company and transitioned into the healing arts. And mm -hmm. so for the last 15 years, I have been absolutely thoroughly enjoying my career as a body worker, a traditional massage therapist. Um, also it's, it's moved into intuition coaching and personal transformation. So that's where I am right now. That's so that's so interesting. I find your story very similar to to my own in in many ways. And I just want to have you maybe unpack a couple things there. So do you feel that um you know it, it kind of seems like those are two different fields. Do you think that people kind of have um either multiple things they should be doing or could be doing in the world or like two things because it seems like you were really effective and really good at that, you know, and then this seems, you know, from the you know, ge general look is very different in a sense. What, what's your sense on that? I mean, did you think you know, became to know yourself better and so start, like went into the, the healing arts and the intuition game? Or do you think it was just part of your process? To get yeah, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about that, especially in the times that we're in right now. I do believe that people are naturally multi-passionate. And the kind of the the drumbeat that some of us in the older generations, you know, I'm 47 years old, and we were told you have to find one thing and then go to school for that one thing and then do that one thing for, you know, the rest of your life. But I think people are naturally multi-passionate and it's almost like we, we are this mosaic. And if we can pull in all of the, our strengths, like I definitely have an inquisitive mind. I like to figure out how things work. I like to troubleshoot. I, I love human beings. I love health and healing. So do you see how these, yeah. these things that I enjoy, I can pull that into how I can express myself in the world. And specifically, you know, in the context of this, it would be work and career. Mm -hmm. So 
I do believe that people are, they have a propensity to like many things, but there is something within each one of us that have, you know, I call it our unique genius Mm-hmm. That we can kind of pull all those threads, and then from that point, that's our conduit. That's our that is the place where all that energy can funnel into our work, into our practice, in how we show up. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, it almost sounds like you know, as you were going through listing all those things, you know, the definitely the the deck is stacked very heavily in what you're doing now. Do you do you feel that? Uh, your cup wasn't necessarily getting filled up as far as maybe in the meaning fulfillment er- arena when you were working with electronics, even though you were effective and enjoyed it and and that sort of thing. Yeah, I had this moment. It was about, um, gosh, it was like 3 a.m. because I was on the night shift at this company and I was um, fixing this machine. And one of the grounding rods or grounding wires was loose. And I didn't know as I was troubleshooting, but this robot arm kept kind of flipping out and Mm -hmm. the machine was kind of doing these weird things. And I said to myself internally, I just said, it seems like this machine is not grounded. It needs to be grounded. And I didn't really (laughs) know what I was saying, but metaphorically, I and so metaphorically, and then led me intuitively to go check the grounding wire. And sure enough, I just had to tighten down the screw, and then it was grounded. Wow. And I said, "Gosh, you know, I'm I like these machines, but I want to I want to help people get grounded. I want to help people to feel inside their body what it feels like to have that sense of groundedness while while also doing." whatever it is that that moves us dynamically so that we can we can be present in the world and i don't know that thought led me to some really deeper questions of of i guess um you know, I think I went on a little tangent there. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> you're fine. Sometimes my no, mind I'm, no, just I'm following just, you. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so that moment, that moment maybe sparked. I mean, obviously, this was building inside of you. I'm sure it maybe I, I call it like an like unconscious levels that it's coming up that maybe steering you more towards a, a purpose and a career that is super fulfilling for you and beneficial. Sounds like you were kind of gearing up towards that. Yes, and this was and maybe a catalyst moment. Yes, yes, exactly. Because I realized I had kind of maxed out on, not maxed mm-hmm. out, but it felt like I got um, hit the ceiling of my logical thinking mind. And I learned what I needed to learn about data collection, about, mm-hmm. you know, being able to have a problem and go through the problem solving and get to a solution backed by data, backed by um, a, a, a thorough, logical thought process. But I felt like there was something missing that sometimes we know things that you can't prove. And that was limited in my job at that point. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, even talking about this, I, I just had this thought and it does, it, it kind of is like, you know, we, we can't really get to where we're going to be unless we take the steps, you know, and do the things that sometimes may be very different than where we end up. And so I can see how that's stacking and building into your, your portfolio of knowledge and like expertise to what you're doing now. It's like, you can't, you know, cause one of my things, and the reason I asked the, this question is, 
I'm really passionate about helping people like find their thing sooner in life. And whether that requires like a waking up or having a conscious moment of like, what am I really here to do? Right. And so I love asking people, you know, when that, when that epiphany came to them, because I think we kind of get steered there. And so, yeah, that's helpful that you shared that because, you know, if we can get to where we're supposed to be faster and do the work we're supposed to be doing here, I think that is beneficial for all of us. Yeah. And I think that life path windy road took me to this deep understanding, which is the logical mind is definitely important. And bridging that gap between the logical mind and the intuitive, um, the intuitive mind and heart and gut and, and root system, it's, it's all enmeshed together. It's not one or the other. It's not left brain, right brain. It's an integrative process. And when we can, you know, make decisions, any decision in our life from a holistic, whole body, full body experience, we can, we can really, we don't feel separate from ourselves. We can make decisions from a, from a whole place. And I think that's what that uh, windy road taught me is it's not one or the other. I still have that that unique perspective of looking at things from that scientific mind. However, there is more to science than we even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so you, your current business, Intuition Lounge, I love that name, by the way. I want to go there and just hang out. <laughs> I mean, okay. I can see this being a big, like, you can see it. it almost seems like, you know, you go into a lounge and just relax and hang out. I, how'd you come up with that, this idea? And, 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 or when did you come up with this idea to launch the Intuition Lounge uh, business? You know, it's funny. I So in 2009, um, this, this name revive with energy came into mm-hmm. my awareness. And that was actually, that's actually the parent um, name is revival. Oh, okay. energy. And, but it, it evolved into the intuition lounge because I, I was teaching all about intuition. So revive with energy didn't really um, encapsulate mm-hmm. the, what I was doing in my work, which was actually intuition coaching. And, and I kept, as my clients kept coming into my, my room, it was like, this is the intuition lounge. And I was like, Oh, yeah. oh you would say that. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. And so then it, it, it then morphed into the intuition lounge, which is this place where, you know, how you, you know, how um, you, you walk into certain uh, rooms or environments and you just get a certain vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like this space and I'm in the space right now as we're talking and I just feel like our minds can relax, our bodies can open up. There's a there's a safe, trusting kind of womb-like quality in this room such that, you know, new aha moments can emerge and um almost like a sense of wow, there's so much possibility in this space because it's not heavy and weighted down by fears or doubts or any of that stuff. <laughs> so how, that's really what the intuition lounge is. I, I love it. How So how much did you design the space to be that way? Or were there inherent qualities in the space that just naturally make it that way? I mean, how much, how much did you affect the space or, or the face, space affect you, I guess I should say? 
Yeah, it's funny because when you're talking about, say, aesthetics, you know, mm-hmm. there's always something, you know, pretty to look at. But I think there's an internal aesthetics where when we do the internal work and we have a deep sense of of humility and transparency and just heart opening, I think that really gets expressed when Mm. we're in relationship with people. So I think what this space holds is that um, constant and ever life giving energy field that is created. So when a person comes in, it kind of opens themselves Mm. up to that level of, wow, we're on the same page here, Suzanne, like, you're no different than me. You know, we're, we're two people on the path on this journey. And wow, there's a lot of information that can be expressed here that can get embodied so that we can have these really huge aha moments, these insights that can help us navigate the next step in where we want to go. Mm, Wow, that sounds like a great space. Thank you. That's awesome. So so intuition, because I definitely want want you to tell us a little bit about intuition and maybe give us some some tools that we can use to develop it. Because yeah, as it was been two or three years ago, that was that was my uh, word of the year and my focus of the year. Because um, I I know on like a deep level that I need I need to embody more or develop more intuition. I know how powerful and it, it is when it comes online. What what do you find in people um, and and what kind of maybe how do you help them develop intuition? I guess is what I'm, what I'm getting at. I know that's a big topic, a big question. Um, but wh- what's your go-to? Like, do you have like, okay, these are my my favorite uh, tools or modalities to help develop intuition? I know that's a huge. Might be a little yeah. unfair to ask that. No, it's <laughs> actually it's actually really fair because this is what I think about all the time, and I've been thinking about this since I was nine years old. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Everyone is intuitive. Every single human being is intuitive. And what that means is, yes, we were delivered these amazing five senses that we've really honed in, you know, our sight, our smell, our hearing, our taste, our touch. And while some of us, you know, maybe we had an accident where we lost some eyesight or we were born without hearing, what happens is when you lose one of those physical senses, you gain or amplify another sense. Well, I kind of liken that to the sixth sense of intuition, which is a heightened sense of the five physical senses. So it's like you have an inner seeing, an inner hearing, an inner tasting, an inner feeling. You know what I, you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's almost yeah. like these <laughs> It's not almost, it is. We are all intuitive, but what's happened, and this is what breaks my heart, is that we've been told we don't know. We've been told we can't really see what we're seeing when we have a vision, when we have a a, a, a sense of what's possible. And somewhere along the line, um, th- that intuitive sense might have gotten shut down. So that's where I like to start is, and I I think your question is amazing because really 
having that 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 baseline and that benchmark for everyone, you know, you, me, anyone who's listening, we are all intuitives, all of us. That is what makes us brilliant as human beings. And what that means, and this is really kind of an interesting um, way to think about intuition, is that intuition is irrational. Mm. It's illogical. Mm. And think about this. When somebody says, oh, you're being illogical or you're being irrational, it sounds like they're calling us names, right? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big put down. That's a put down, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. But yet, if I say yes. I am illogical and irrational in this moment because I am feeling something that I do not know why I'm feeling, but I know in my bones, I know in my, in my whole being that this is the right decision for me, or this is the right um, expression of what's coming through for me. Does this make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, and, and, it, and it's very valuable too, because you're, you're right. We, we've, as a culture or people, as humans, we've kind of suppressed that generally. And I, I agree like you that that's where the magic is. That's where all of the goodness is because, you know, like the senses are limited. It's, I, I kind of view the senses as like our, our tools to get through the world, but they don't, they they limited, and so this is where I think all the goodness comes from, or or the majority of it, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. It's I almost see intuition as so again. It's our sixth sense in that it's it holds all the subtle energies of our physical five senses. Mm. So again, it's that inner seeing, inner hearing, inner feeling. It's very internal. It's very internal. And so what happens is I kind of see this as there's like these light packets and they come in and touch our energetic field. And that's, it touches on our body sensation. So the hairs on, on our body stand on end or our heart starts to pitter patter, right? Like we mm -hmm. get this physical body sensation to let us know that we've been triggered by something that we do not know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we're in this communication with this field of energy. And I believe that the pathway is that it's almost like the intuition is a messenger. I was going to ask you that. So so these are little yeah. little message packets or idea packets, huh? Yeah. Little little message. Oh, awesome. And we don't know where they come from because let's be honest, we 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 don't have the data that that says where these come from. Sure. But we know when we know when we know, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you can't deny it unless you deny it. And that's I think back to your original question. I think we deny our intuition more than we activate our intuition. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So do you think we're always receiving these packets, but some of us just choose to not open the mess, open the mail, so to speak? Is that what it, what you're finding, or? Yeah, I call I call them the A B C D E's mm -hmm. of receiving an intuition. We make A assumptions. We have B beliefs. We have C conclusions. We have D distractions. We have E expectations. And those things separate us from the potency of these intuitive packets, these, these information packets. And so when we separate and we start making assumptions about what that 
that intuitive thought means or how it's going to get us more money or how it's going to maybe, um, oh, shoot, we're going to lose friends Mm -hmm. or, you know, oh, my gosh, this means I have to address this person because this information (laughs) is not comfortable. So do you see how those A, B, C, D, E's kind of separate us from our intuition. It gets oh, us in totally. our thinking mind. <laughs> yeah, we, we come back to the rational. We're like, well, that doesn't that doesn't work for me now. I don't want to do that, even though that's where we where our best interest lies, right? It's just follow the in follow the idea packet, the information packet that, that came to you and things will will work out. That takes a little bit of leap of faith, right? I mean a little bit of kind of letting go of, of what our thinking mind says to do, doesn't it? It really does. And I I, I feel like the 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 rational mind right now as we you know are in this 2019 level of consciousness i feel like it's asking us really really strongly like please don't lose the logical mind but please let it be where you take inspired action from but follow your intuitive nudges first and then allow the rational mind to then um, maybe create the container to help you to make that next step. So I mm-hmm. feel like when you say leap of faith, I, I really, I am, I am a leap of faith. Yeah. Um, that's when life gets I, fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> I am. A, I am a leaper yet. Mm-hmm. I am very, very slow and very methodical and reflective, not to the point of I don't over-rationalize, but I do take my time. And I mm-hmm. think it's really important because I think sometimes we can be too impulsive mm-hmm. and we can get ourselves in a lot of pickles. You know, I think it's important to not slam doors behind us mm-hmm. when we're leaving a relationship. I think yeah. it's important to build you know, the integrity and the grace before we take that leap. And I think those are the things that I, I really, um, I encourage is, is be mindful when you're taking that leap, because mm-hmm. I think both things can be true. And I think that's the new human, which is the integrative, logical and intuitive mind that wants to emerge right now. I love that. Yeah, and we and you talked about that prior which I which totally fascinates me because you know, I do believe that we have all these faculties like you say the rational part of us and the intuitive for reasons and it's not like we're going to cut out part of it and just all go, you know, with intuition because you're right, we need those things. I, and I do feel like you said that we as you know, historically, haven't used our intuition, or I guess most of us haven't used it to the degree that we could. It's available, and that's why I think what you're you know doing in your work is so so valuable to people. Yeah, and you know, um, it's interesting because intuition lives, or I should say, can be received from your whole body. Mm. So you have our we have our intuitive mind where there's thoughts that come in and then they can be flushed out through the rational thoughts and maybe dismissed mm-hmm. and then you can have the intuitive heart 
that gets activated, but then maybe you have wounds or heartache or experiences that maybe get flushed out, you know, from, you know, so, so you may think you're following your heart, but you're actually following your wounds. Mm, yeah. Um, Good. That's an important distinction. Gut. I like that. Yeah. 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 And then you've got your intuitive gut, which is more survival based. Like, you know, you're walking down the alley and something just feels wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm going to just, it's more instinctual because there is a difference between intuition and instinct. Mm. Somewhere in your body, you know that this is dangerous. That's a very gut type level of intuition, which also kind of holds hands with instinct. Mm -hmm. Then you've got your deep, deep in your body, your sacral area and your root. And this, this is more where your desires and your wants live. These are the places in your body that no one knows about mm -hmm. except for you and maybe one other person or, or somebody who you're really, really your best friend knows about these deep desires, these deep wants. And this is a whole nother level of intuition in your body. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea that it went that, like it goes that deep. I've heard gut instinct type of thing. So it kind of, for all, you know, it kind of goes down to deeper levels. That's interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why when we're developing intuition in the, in the more thinking of it as more of a teaching, like mm -hmm. a learning, actually, that's where what we call sacred shadow work is really valuable because what that does is is it gives us the opportunity to really integrate all those pieces and parts of us that maybe we're afraid to look at or we're embarrassed to look at mm -hmm. or maybe somewhere along the way somebody thought we were crazy and so we kind of push that stuff aside mm -hmm. well that stuff doesn't go anywhere it gets pushed into our body. So when we when we deny our intuition, it's usually because we've built almost like this insulation layer against our intuition because mm -hmm. it was it was frightening. It was maybe embarrassing. It was um, we got humiliated at one time or another. Yeah. So doing shadow work is actually the best way to clear out the muck in the body. Mm -hmm. so that you can be more intuitive. So what's the definition of shadow work? If you could give us a little idea for those of, of us who haven't heard of that term before. Yeah. So the famous, famous uh, psychologist, Carl Jung, he mm -hmm. really coined shadow work. And he realized that there are parts and pieces of us that are scattered throughout our energy field and when they get scattered, they become these little archetypes or these personalities, this ego, if you will. And we play out these ego um, experiences with other people. And that's how we get into these dramatic um, power struggles with other people is because we're kind of playing out the parts of us that are running the unconscious show. Hmm. So shadow work, what it does is, is you get to really, it's, it's the highest form of self-love because you get to fall in love with yourself, all those pieces, all those places, all those areas in your life that you've 
um, betrayed and kind of put shamed, kind of put them in the corner. Mm -hmm. And you get to bring those parts of yourself back in to your physical body such that you can have a level of deep understanding and compassion for yourself. And what that does is the byproduct is you have compassion for others. So you don't have to play out these dynamics anymore. Wow. That sounds super powerful. It's amazing. And, and there are amazing people who are doing, who are facilitating shadow work and it really is an opportunity for people, um, to really fall in love with themselves, not in the way of like, you know, silly love, but true love so that you have the peace, the freedom, the, the full expression Mm -hmm. that you're capable of as a human being, because you're not scattered anymore. You're not splintered anymore. I, I can totally see how, how integrating that human being again can create massive positive changes in our experience. Well, so one thing I want to ask you is when does the, the, I guess the fragmentation or this, these things come off and, and that we have to, that you're integrating now, does that happen in childhood or are these things we're bringing over from the other side? Cause I'm a big fan of like, you know, the, the cause of it, because if ultimately if we fix the cause, maybe that the person will become integrated and more whole or healed earlier. So is this, is this from childhood things happening? Like you said, little, um, I guess, um, you know, emotional things or traumas, emotional traumas, what's your experience? Yeah. So we've got our physical experience in this life. We've got all of that DNA that's in our body from millennia, right? So Mm -hmm. all that DNA from other lifetimes, including all of our ancestors, the collective consciousness, the culture. I mean, there are so many layers that go so far and so deep. So let's start with just our lifetime right here, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, My my dear friend and collaborator and co-creator, Jess Maitri, and I have um, been creating and, and collaborating over this past year. And um, we've put together this, this journey and it's to journey through the shadow work and to really bring all those pieces and parts back online. And um, we've created this, this uh, process, the Rise Journeys process. Mm-hmm. So she and I have had this specific conversation and to answer your question, we talk about the original split, mm-hmm. the original fault line, if you will. And there was a time in our life when we were doing something so innocent, so just bobbing along, doing our thing. And somebody stopped us and said, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. You did something. And it instilled this energy of shame. Mm-hmm. shame and guilt. We do not believe, and she's a, she's a, a traditional counselor. She understands psychology um, at a deep, deep level. And we know that shame is not an emotion. Shame is an energy. Hmm. It's an energy that was projected onto us at, at the individual level, as well as the collective level. And right now, shame is, is, being, it's almost like shame is being asked 
to be liberated, if you will. Mm. And we wonder sometimes, because we're asking these big questions, which is this original fault, this original split, this original fracture comes from this energy of shame. Wow. And any of you biologists out there know that one single cell then becomes two, it splits, and then two split into four, right? Mm -hmm. What causes that split? We don't, I don't know. A a biologist could probably answer that better, but there's something that separates. And then what's interesting is like when a baby is formed in utero, it's starts out as a single cell, then splits, 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 and then becomes one whole human. So it comes together at the end and then is birthed. Mm. So check this out. If you can, if you can imagine this, when we were young, there was something that happened or somebody said something and maybe a well-meaning teacher, maybe a well-meaning adult or another friend or something. And it shook us to our core because we were on the receiving end and we almost like split from ourselves from that shame. Mm. Yeah. To protect ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Mark. And in that split, we realized at some level, not consciously, but that is good that that thing that we're embarrassed about is over there in the corner Mm -hmm. because we let that thing show up again. Wow. So our whole lives, we keep those, those things that get split off from us in the corners. So there's all these little things in the corners of our life that we're protecting. And right now is the time I believe in history when we bring all those parts back to us and we become whole again. So we can move forward in our life Wow. From this wholeness, because we truly are whole and complete, yet within the whole and complete, like that baby, there are all these pieces and parts. Right. All those cells, those trillions of cells, if you will, right? Wow. So, yeah, gosh, you know, this, is, this is really fascinating. So in your work and you and Jess's work, uh, you kind of look at it from childhood. These We get kind of, it's almost, and almost envisioning these like slice off a part of ourselves and say, this, this caused me pain when I was doing this or whatever, and I'm going to put it over here and, and leave it there, right? And so you're integrating back in um, to become whole, let, help people come whole again. Yeah, like using an example of this amazing young boy. He's twirling around and dancing and and you know, playing around on the kitchen floor and he realizes that his socks and the str- the surface of the ground give him a better spin. So he starts spinning and then his dad comes in and says, "What are you doing, son? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Why are you doing that?" You go play, you go outside and play football. Mm-hmm. And the son is like, oh, what? Like, I just did something bad. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he isn't connecting that he actually loves to dance. So he's now at maybe his senior prom and he's sitting in the, on the bench and he's just like, I want to dance, but I can't dance. And, oh, look at those guys dancing. They're so stupid. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to build this ego of it's stupid to dance. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because he's right. forgotten that part of him that was dancing on that kitchen floor when he was five years old. And that's what I'm talking about is these things that you don't really realize when they're happening, but those are the pieces and parts of us that get stuck in time and they want to come back to present time. So when we talk about, you know, being in the present moment, mm -hmm. being in the present moment is bringing every aspect of yourself to this now moment to be integrated. Mm -hmm. And that is presence. That is joy. That is peace. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think a person can get that level of peace or joy without having those things that they've left off or pushed in the corner with them at this moment? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think so. I don't. And, it, and that's the part that breaks my heart. And where I also find so much excitement is that when those of us that like, I don't watch TV, I don't really mm -hmm. engage in politics. I don't really see what's going out on the public stage because I know there's, there's, there's a place for that. And people that are excited about that good, have fun. Mm -hmm. I'm not excited about it. So what I do instead is I read I um, learn about people and what I keep coming up to is to answer that question. No, if you distract yourself and keep yourself in this place of separation, you, you won't experience peace. You won't experience joy. The only way to experience that is to come back home to that place of whole integration. And it doesn't have to take decades. It can happen through modalities like breath work, like um, storytelling, um, medicinal dialogue, which would be, you know, sometimes with group work, we have this opportunity to be able to speak your story out so that it causes such an awareness through somebody witnessing you that you can be seen for the first time in your life. So that five-year-old boy who's spinning on, in, on that kitchen floor can be seen and loved and adored in wow. a way that maybe that father didn't have the capacity to do. And that in itself can reintegrate that part in that little boy that is now, you know, a 30-year-old man. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. So, so there are these ways in which we can come together as a community and help each other integrate because granted you can do things alone, mm -hmm. but we have way too many blind spots yeah. <laughs> that if you try to do things alone, it's, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. Yeah, I, I agree, Suzanne. I, yeah. I always, when, when people talk about that, I always come back to that, to Einstein's quote, you know, if you approach the problem with the same consciousness that created it, you're just going to be in that, you know, sphere of thinking. And you're right, there's no pers different perspective or like a reflection. Yeah, I, I agree. Even even a, even, yeah. a, even a friend or even someone to talk to, I guess you know, uh, obviously a professional would be beneficial to to help you see those, like like you said, those blind spots. Yeah, I have really amazing friends who don't even understand, you know, really what I do, and they have brought such deep reflection to mm -hmm. me just in their presence because there's they're they're so safe and mm -hmm. kind and. Um, non-judgmental. And in that space, I have been able to 
open up in ways that I never thought were possible. And there are amazing professionals who also hold those same values of safety and trust and um, being able to hold the space to be a true witness, which can activate within a person that sense of safety that they've been longing for their entire life from that original split. Yeah. Yeah. If, if aren't, aren't friends solid gold, fr- friends and family who are, you know, open and supportive, it's really, it really is so helpful on our journey. It is. And if somebody doesn't have that, I mean, there are so many um, opportunities, even more now with social media and, you know, you have to sift through the riffraff, but mm-hmm. there are great groups that are like-minded. There are places that, I mean, you can pretty much find anything that you're interested in um, to be able to join a group. So, you know, or just there are also people that really value small, intimate settings. Like I know our, like uh, Jess and my rise journeys. And by the way, I want you to talk about that too. And tell us some more about that. Cause I know that's, that's a new, a new development in your business as you go forward. So I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, it's just in, it's a, it's a, we like smaller groups Mm -hmm. because smaller is better in that you can really dive deep and you can, um, you create that container. Whereas sometimes if you have way too many people, it gets a little diluted and then you've got competing um, agendas, which can really dilute transformation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think smaller groups can be better in, in a lot of ways. But yeah, if somebody wanted to go to risejourneys with an S.com, then you can learn more about it. But it's and it's for Boise um, community. We really wanted to stay in the Treasure Valley, Boise area. Okay, so, so local. Mm-hmm. Local. Yeah. But so they yeah. can go to Rise Journeys and find out more about that, uh, mm-hmm. that work that you're doing there. Remind us, uh, you know, for those of uh, those that are listening, where they can find your intuition lounge work as well. Yeah. And that's just intuitionlounge.com. Okay, great. And I'll also put those links in the show notes beneath this episode at gmarkphillips.com. Um, so, so Rise Journeys is your new your new venture. It sounds like that's where that's kind of the evolution of your of your business. Give us a little more insight about what what people can expect when they either go to the website or how can they learn more about um, you know that that modality that package. Yeah. So the Rise Journeys is the evolution for me personally is more for group work, whereas Intuition Lounge is more of an intimate setting. It's more one-on-one. Okay. And um, so the the Rise Journeys, it's a so Jess, like I said, Jess Maitri, she's a you know she's a social worker, um, you know, clinical psychologist or not clinical. I think clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's professional counselor. Sure. She, she brings in that that deep knowledge and this desire to propel her industry of the to evolve the diagnostic model. You know, the diagnostic model is you you have to identify a patient with a certain diagnostic code mm-hmm. and she not really down with that. She does not like labeling or identifying people because it keeps them stuck in that limiting 
limited um, identification. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and then so so she has that piece, and and I have the energetic healing piece, all the energetics that go into the healing process. So we've married this this traditional psychology and energy healing to create a transformation that lasts. Wow. So the rise journeys, it's a three phase transformational process and it assists a person who's, you know, going through a transition in, in their life um, or they are up leveling their life. And the most common concerns that we work with are, you know, relationship dynamics at work or at home, um, you know, uncovering more purpose and meaning, you know, facilitating breakthroughs. So a person mm-hmm. can get unstuck from those looping patterns that are holding them back from success. Mm-hmm. And the entire process, it really helps a person to really feel free, feel lighter, you know, gain insight into their inner world so that they can get clarity. And then from that clarity, then they can move forward in their life. And that really helps them to take inspired action. Mm-hmm. So the whole process, we, we've broken it up in this three phase. And so each phase has two parts. So there's a total of six parts. Mm-hmm. And one of those six parts is a one-day um, workshop. So it's an all-day from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we're doing all embodiment practices. So a lot of it is not teaching. It's not new information. And what's really cool about that is I think we've kind of evolved from the information age into the embodiment age in that we've got all this information at our fingertips, but until we integrate it and really get it in our body, that's where the divine wisdom comes in. Otherwise- more knowledge for our brain. I totally agree. Yeah. So then the other five sessions are, um, we're meeting on the Zoom technology, which is video, audio, and they're in the comfort of their own home. So there's only one of the sessions where we have all day. And our first session um, this time around starts April 14th. Okay. And it ends May 8th. And you can find all that information at risejourneys.com. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can just go to Rise Journeys and um, you can hook up with, with us there. And yeah, I've seen some of your videos with you and Jess um, talking about this work. And so Rise Journeys, so you have a, the, the website Rise Journeys, the Facebook page so that people can find out more. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And I'm assuming there's... Uh, it'll, it'll show them how to sign up, right? When they go to the website, if that's something they want to get interested in, right? Yep. There's a little button right on the page that says, start your journey. Awesome. Well, Suzanne, I have thoroughly enjoyed learning about this stuff. This, this is, there's a lot of deep stuff I felt in this episode that um, it's going to be really helpful, not only to me, but to the listeners. Yeah, it's intuition and intuitive living and this whole um, process of transformation. It's it's exciting. And there are so many people, even in our Boise community, community that are willing to assist. 
And I just encourage anybody who is on this path and it's exciting for them, or, you know, they're in a transition phase or they're wanting to up-level their life, reach out. There are tons of people that are, are really willing to assist and have done the work themselves. Mm-hmm. They've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does seem like that even even on like a global scale there's just so many so much of this information is kind of bubbling up to the surface and these I- ideas for, you know, helpful tools and practices. We're living in I've, I think this all the time, but we're living in such an amazing time where we're kind of speeding up our like, you know, awareness and our leveling up consciousness. It's just such an exciting time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so fun, Mark, because you're bringing these people together and you're creating a container where, you know, it's like, I, I feel like even in just, I, I have to share this with you, Mark. Sure. In talking with you, I, if you would have talked to me 20 years ago, I could hardly string two words together. Mm. I was so caught up in my wounding, in my, you know, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Like who would ever want to listen to me? And you've, it just, I'm, I'm amazed. Like these words that tumbled out of me, it's really a reflection of the space that you've created that I feel safe to share this. So I just want to let Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate that too. You know, that's, I I have always felt that, you know, me doing this, I'm on the receiving end of this massive, like blessings and knowledge and wisdom and experience. And, you know, my cup is filled overflowing. And then, and my, my hope, even though it's a secondary hope is that other people will listen and get some benefit out of it as, you know, to the, to some degree that I do. So I really appreciate that. Mm. <laughs> well, Suzanne, thank you so much again. I do appreciate you hanging out with uh, me today and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, what'd you think? You know, I'd love to get your feedback on this episode of Enhancing the Human Experience and some of the stuff that Suzanne was sharing with us. And the best place to really do that is on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash gmarkphillips. You know, leave a comment below this episode when it goes up and share your experience and what you got out of this episode. I love I love YouTube because I think it's such a great platform to share one another's experience and learn from one another and grow and all the things that makes YouTube awesome. So you can do that at youtube.com slash gmarkphillips. Also, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on any of your favorite podcast players. And that's a great way to, you know, stay connected and keep up to date with episodes, etc. So let's wrap up the podcast at that point in time. I want to thank Suzanne Michelle again. I learned so much in this episode. And I know it's going to, you know, bring a lot of value to, to you, the listener out there. So until next time, I do wish you all the best health, wealth, and success. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.